Hi, it's Lea, journalist on European affairs in Brussels. In my last podcast, I spoke about the priorities of the European Parliament for 2023. This time, I'm digging into a more technical topic. I'm looking at how the EU is trying to compete with the United States in the race for competitiveness, especially when it comes to the green transition. You may have heard that the US had adopted a law to support its industry in the transitioning towards green technologies, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA if you prefer. They plan to inject almost $400 billion in the production of key technologies in North America. In this episode, I'm looking at how the EU responds to that and tries to keep its business on its soil. A few weeks ago, the German giant company Volkswagen announced that it was suspending its plan to set up a battery manufacturing site in Germany. The reason? It is considering moving it to the United States. There, the firm could benefit from several billion dollars in subsidies. This is one of the first effects of the US Inflation Reduction Act, which came into force in January 2023. And one big element of it is that the IRS subsidies are conditioned to local production or assembly. With such requirements, the US intends to attract green technology production to the US. The backlash for the EU is that many other companies are now considering relocation across the Atlantic. There is a risk that the IRA can lead to unfair competition, could close markets, and thus fragment the very same critical supply chains that have already been tested by COVID. This was the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen speaking already in December 2022 about the Inflation Reduction Act. For the EU, this national preference bias is not in line with world trade rules and must be opposed. Still, a European plan to reassure economic actors was quickly called for. And this is why the European Commission presented its so-called Net Zero Industry Act in early February. This legal act lists eight strategic net zero technologies whose production will benefit from advantages. Among those, the Commission foresees faster authorization procedures, easier access to financing or even administrative support. The eight strategic technologies include, among others, solar panels, wind turbines and batteries. With this, Brussels wants 40% of these eight strategic technologies to be produced in the EU by 2030. There is still a long way to go before this regulation is adopted, but so far both the European Parliament and the member states in the Council have welcomed the text. Green MEP Anna Cavazzini from Germany expressed her enthusiasm for the text upon its publication. She is also the chairwoman of the Committee for Internal Markets in the European Parliament. I think what is the game-changing and really new um, element of this proposal is that it's really the first one of the first really industrial legislative proposals that we're having. And so far, industry policies was yeah a little bit about coordination. And of course, we, we did industrial policy in other areas with internal market policy or the trade policy. But I mean, uh, this having for the first time really an an act that tries to yeah, foster a certain type of industry, green industry in this case, is quite new. And this is for me the big novelty. Uh, if it will be really a game changer, 
Unlike the American IRA, the Net Zero Industry Act focuses more on the regulatory environment than on money. The financial element is mainly addressed through a list of some of the green funding programs or mechanisms that the EU will use to invest in this industrial plan. Recovery Fund, Invest EU, State Aid, you name it. But the regulation does not dare to give any amount for each of these financing tools. For policy analyst Philipp Lausberg, who has been working on this topic at the European Policy Centre, the Net Zero Industry Act would benefit from a clear allocation of funds. Is, uh, there is no fund that is really directly um, purposed for um, the Net Zero Industry uh, Act. And I think um, this is, uh, you know, it creates a situation where there's a lot of money uh, coming from different sources. The idea always, to, to, to put that out here as well, is that, you know, you start with public investment and then you get private investors in suit. And having such a complicated environment makes that more difficult. But altogether, uh, you know, summing up all the money that is, um, is, is earmarked through these various projects, it, the question is if, it is, um, if that money, first of all, is enough. Second of all, is if, if it's easy, as easy accessible as, for example, the United States. And if it is not uh, creating uh, more complications and fragmentations um, in the EU. So in the US, the mechanism of the IRA is very clear. As a consumer, if you buy, for example, an electric car produced and assembled mainly in North America, you can benefit from a tax credit of up to 7,500 US dollars. The share of production that must be done locally is clearly defined. The Net Zero Industry Act also intends to encourage local installations of clean technology production sites, but it does so in a different way. It does not specifically provide funding for local installations, but rather simplifies the regulatory environment by speeding up approval procedures and facilitating administrative contacts. And, as mentioned earlier, the text is rather timid on financing. In general, green technologies already benefit from public funding in the EU, through various tools. Those are, for instance, the important project of common European interests, the Horizon Europe programme or national state aid. But the EU Commission understands that more is needed. This is why it has made an effort by relaxing its competition rules. This means concretely that member states will be able, during a certain period of time, to provide more subsidies to companies to help them meet the clean tech production targets. However, it should be noted that many countries, particularly those with less public funding, have been somewhat reluctant to implement such a change in the rules. They argued that because of inequalities in national treasuries, state aid should not be the solution to the issue of financing these green industries. So, in order to further support the green industry, the European Commission launched the idea of a sovereignty fund to support the green industry, basically a new line in the multi-annual financial framework, or if you prefer, the EU budget. The reception has been mixed among the European institutions. MEPs were enthusiastic, whereas the member states in the Council were rather sceptical. France has so far been the strongest supporter of the idea of providing new money to support the European industry. Such a sovereignty fund would at least address the concern that the industry benefits unequally from national subsidies across the EU. This is one of Philippe Lausberg's arguments. 
uh, there are high hopes in that. Also here at the EPC with a colleague, I've been, uh, we've written a piece on, on, on a new financing mechanism with a sovereignty fund that uh, we see as highly important also because this is money that is EU-wide. It wouldn't have the problems that state aid has in, in sort of fragmenting the financing um, environment. For Philipp Lausberg, a sovereignty fund of at least 100 billion euros is needed. As a point of comparison, the European Commission has estimated in a working document that the total amount of manufacturing investment needed to complete the EU's targets was 92 billion euros. Coming back on the fight between the IRA and the Net Zero Industry Act, let's take another example. The two great strengths of the US IRA are the amount of money it pumps into the economy and the local preference it gives. The EU did not want to copy the latter as it violates trade rules. But Brussels makes no secret of the fact that its objective is the same as the one of Washington. To relocate the production of strategic green technologies in the EU and above all, reduce the dependencies from China. At the end of the day, both acts are about resilience and strategic autonomy. And this looks worrying, according to some experts, as it may not be the most effective way to achieve the green transition. This is the opinion of Nicolas Poitier, researcher at the Bruegel think tank. No, the, the purpose of IRA subsidies or equivalent subsidies in Europe would not be to decarbonize Europe quicker, but to make sure that the goods are produced in Europe. Um, they have no, they have no clear, and there's not a clear connect between the two. Um, we could probably decarbonize quicker by using the same money and investing in developing technologies for hard to decarbonize sectors. Um, this could also, this is also a type of industrial subsidy. You know, if you think about how to, how do you build a demonstrator that can show that you can make some steel or, or, or a chemical process that at the moment is very hard to decarbonize, commercially viable. These are things where subsidies are very can play a very important role. And we argue, me and my co-authors on, on this, is, is, is that this is more important than subsidies on the producing mature, rather matured products. Niklas Poitier argues that the money could be better spent on research and development in order to make decarbonization more efficient, for instance. Furthermore, he also considers that encouraging production at home can be counterproductive for two reasons. Firstly, it sends a wrong signal to developing countries who try to position themselves in the green transition. And secondly, it's not the best way to fight climate change in terms of results, according to him. There are products which, which can be produced cheaper and more effectively with countries in different regions of the world because of cluster effects that are maybe in a different stage of development, which means that something like labor costs could be higher. Uh, sorry, could be lower. Um, so there's specialization effects that we should harness. So if, if our goal is to decarbonize as quick as possible, as it should be, then we should focus on that. And indeed, and, and a study conducted by McKinsey in December 2022 showed that European solar panel manufacturing costs across the full value chain will be at 20 to 25% disadvantaged compared to current lower cost levels. However, the study also highlights that there is still a potential for future EU factories to be competitive, for example, by being early adopters of new technologies. The European Commission has taken this aspect into account by integrating a chapter on skills in its Net Zero Industry Act. The McKinsey study also indicates that European customers are likely to pay more for European-made products. Now, what do businesses think about the Net Zero Industry Act? 
Well, there have been mixed feelings about it. Industry has argued that money is not the only criterion for attractiveness. Business representatives called on the EU to rather refrain from regulating again and again, which they say creates a huge administrative burden. In that sense, the fast-track authorization procedures in the Net Zero Industry Act are welcome. But the debates remain wide open on which technologies should be covered, for instance, and also on the coherence of the production targets the EU sets. Of course, some people criticize it as, ah, yeah, setting these specific targets and only setting targets does not bring us the industry here. But of course, it's important to have a plan and to have like a roadmap and also to have elements like um, faster permitting procedures and so on in order to get there. I absolutely don't share the view, but this shows probably also how strong the, the, the proposal is at the end that we are ending up now in some kind of plant economy or some, yeah, whatever. Dirigisme. So I think it is smart and good to set a regulatory framework because the laissez-faire policies of the last years didn't also result um, at the end in, in good policy outcomes always. So I think this, yeah, this is a good uh, proposal, game changer we need to see. It is now up to the European Parliament and to the Council to negotiate and adopt a final text, which is likely to take several months. At least, both already agree on the main objective of this industrial strategy and on the urgent need to reduce dependencies from China in the clean technology industry. At the end of the day, the Net Zero Industry Act and the US IRA are competing, but both of them share this ultimate objective. I hope you now have a better picture on what is at stake with the Net Zero Industry Act and how the EU is positioning itself in the race for producing the greenest technologies. I will probably be back with more content on this in the future. But for now, I hope you enjoyed this one. A bientôt!